good morning and good afternoon depending on wherever you at the time of this recording this is episode 46 of the restricted zone podcast and it's just me and one co-host today his introduce yourself man yo what's going on colin how's it going bro yes sir Kyrie. nice to have you on so you know the crew isn't usually here this was really done in straight notice the draft kind of slipped in our minds a little bit but we're ready to get this episode started and we can't wait to talk about this we're going to have our own lottery mock drafts. We're going to talk about the sleepers in our opinions, respectively. And then we're also going to talk about our respective teams, who we think they should draft in this upcoming draft. Now, before we get started, it was a big uh, notification, a big trade between the Grizzlies and Pelicans, right? The Pelicans are trading their number 10 pick with Eric Bledsoe to the Grizzlies for Jonas Valachunas and their 17th pick in the draft. So it kind of shaked up a lot of what nope, I remember. Steven Adams, Steven Adams went too. Steven Adams is going there too, which I actually love Steven Adams for the Grizzlies. Honestly, I think that fits more with – because to me, Steven Adams will be like Steven Adams and John Morant, and I think of Russell and, and Steven Adams. That's yeah, That, that pick and roll is going to be dangerous. Exactly. So I actually think that's a great trade, honestly. But, you know, besides the Grizzlies pushing back down seven spots, I don't see – because I think they're a playoff team, in my opinion. You got a young star in John Morant. But let's, before we even dive into that, uh, so the, besides that trade – uh. And now we're going to dive into our lottery. So now, Kyrie, I'm going to let you swing in first. But, you know, it's the first pick in the draft, Kyrie. The Detroit Pistons, the last time they had the number one pick in the draft was, oh, man, I'm really, I'm I'm drawing some blanks. Do you even remember? I can't. I, can't. I know. I honestly can't. I know, Isaiah, I know Isaiah was number two. Right. No, Darko was number two. two. That was, oof. I can't yeah. remember. They they get a yeah. lot of like they get a lot of like mid lottery picks. I yeah, I think the last lottery pick was way before we was even born. Probably before, probably like a grandparents. But the Detroit Pistons had the number one pick in the draft, and there's been a so a lot of people are are expecting Cade Cunningham to be the number one pick in the draft because most people think it's the most logical fit, and they see why not? Why wouldn't the Pistons choose Cade Cunningham? But there's been a lot of rumors. And a lot of talk around the Pistons, they just aren't – they're not 100% sold on, on Cade Cunningham. So they're really focused on three prospects. They're focused on Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, and, of course, Cade. But the Pistons just don't seem to be committed to him. And I find it absolutely crazy, in my opinion, for the Pistons not to be committed to Cade. Because in my is, opinion – Is it crazy, though? It is crazy, in my opinion. <laughs> Now, listen, he's not a – see, so I know what the problem is. He's not a Zion. He's not, you know, he's not Anthony Davis. He's not John Wall where you know, okay, they're absolutely number one picks. But I think Cade Cunningham, if you – like the way he plays the game, he's always on – Oh, man, Colin, you cut out on us, bro. But, um, yeah, I'm going to just pick up where Colin left off a little bit about Cade Cunningham. Um. I me personally, I see him. Uh, I see him going number one. I can see why there might be a little like about it. Kyle, you cut out, bro. You cut out, bro. I'm a. Uh, I'm gonna give my little take on uh, Cade real quick. I'm gonna swing. I'm gonna swing it right back to you. Got you. All right. So, like I was saying, I think Cade. He. I think he's going to be the surefire number one pick. That's just in my eyes. But at the same time, I can see why Jalen Green might be getting some consideration too because. They're very flexible at that spot where they draft Killian, They drafted Killian Hayes last year at the point guard position. And I still think they see him as, like, a, a big piece of their future. So you're still able to, to plug in Cade Cunningham, who's really a 
a point forward at six eight. You can play him at the one, two, and three, and, may, and maybe sometime like down the line at the four. And then you got Jalen Green. That's a that's a surefire two that's going to get you buckets. And he's going to be exciting and bring a lot of fans into the crowd. So either one of them really for real, for real, is going to is going to get Detroit popping. But I feel like Jalen Green's excitement and kind of like that like. I feel like kind of like that flair he plays with and that athleticism, I feel like they see that kind of pairing pairing better with Killian Hayes, which is why he might be getting some consideration over Cade. But me personally, I uh, I still think Cade is going to go number one. I think he's just too hard to pass on. Well, I mean, I feel like because, like you said, Cade's not that. He doesn't make those flashy plays that it say, ooh, ah. But I feel like he it's his IQ that it have you say, ooh, ah. Like he just knows what he's doing. So, it's like – his IQ, his physicality, his scoring right. ability. Right. And, you know, I thought he was a really bad defender. coming. I thought he was going to be a bad defender coming to college, and he actually showed me that he was actually at least average or above average, some people may say. For I sure. feel like I just think I don't see why. To me, you don't pass Cade Cunningham, right? You don't pass Cade Cunningham. So, like right. I said, <laughs> right. I feel like, like Cade you – no, know, go ahead. No, he's like the model number one pick. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, he doesn't like, have any weaknesses in my opinion. Like, I mean, the only exactly. thing he could say is he's not a dynamic athlete. He's not, you know, he's not gonna wow you with his athleticism. But Luca doesn't wow with his athleticism, right? right. You got plenty right. of guys in the league that don't wow with their athleticism. Those are the guys that usually last very long in the league and they're productive. So, and I, th- I think his approach. I think his approach to the game is 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 another selling point to me because he you seen him at an Oklahoma State team last year that wasn't super talented. He he didn't have a lot of talent around him. So like a lot of his dimes and like a lot of his like a lot of his reads went unnoticed because they were going to more untalented players and they weren't really finishing them. But he still showed the willing the willingness to like to trust them like down the line and, and throughout games. So I feel like that mindset coming into a young team like the Pistons. It, it just fits them, and it, it just works perfect for them because he's going to be patient. He's going to want to build and gain chemistry with his teammates, and he's not going to try to rush things. He's, he's, he's always going to be willing, and he's always going to be – I feel like he's going to, like, take on that leadership role. Like, like that, that the Pistons badly need. They haven't had – like, they weren't in position to draft a player like this. Like, we, we couldn't even remember. We couldn't even remember. This is Grant Hill. Which like, is a diamond on us, but still, it's really been that long, so. Right. They can't afford to screw this up. And I, I mean, listen, if they really aren't that committed on Cade, it, it can't be Mobley. They got to pick Green. And that's like, you got to, you really got to pray, hope he turns out to be like that. Mm-hmm. too. Definitely. So, and I think he can. And I, and I think, and I think since, and since we both uh, have Cade going to the Pistons, let's, let's move on to number two. Then we were, I, I assume you have him going too. I do have him going too, but I I saw your mock draft and I was so interested in it. And I actually, you know what? That was my I was thinking the same he was thinking. Cause go ahead. You you talk about your your, your second pick. You talk about your second pick. So I, I was telling you earlier, like I was really sold on for like throughout the season, I was I was absolutely sold on Jalen Suggs as second pick. But it seemed I don't I don't under, I don't really understand why. I feel like the main knock on him maybe is like his 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 all his all around scoring ability, his ability to be a high volume scorer, mm. like down the line. I think that might might have been the one thing that centered him. But he played at a stacked Gonzaga team. I think that's something he can obviously. I mean, with John Wall, I, well, who knows where the John Wall will still be? 
you know, on the team by the time, you know, the season starts. But if John Wall is still with the Rockets, you know, having a guy like John Wall mentoring you, showing you the ropes of the game. For sure. Beneficial and, from. and I definitely took that into consideration. And another thing was Kevin Porter Jr. We saw what he did last season, right? Kevin Porter Jr. actually made a tweet saying he's a point guard. So I'm actually trying to see how that you you I'm, think I'm not I'm not super convinced. You're not convinced. Okay. Okay. When he was play, so he he had a stretch like around he he had a stretch last season he was playing a lot of point guard. But he didn't always seem like super comfortable with it to me. Mm. And he, he averaged like almost 3 4 like 3 4 turnovers a game. Granted he was playing with untalented players. The Rockets are horrible last season. Absolutely. But I, I didn't see him. Maybe he, hopefully he's working on it. I seen him. I seen some offseason workouts. I'd love to see him play some more point guard. But I feel like that tandem right there would have just been a better fit. But like seeing now, I feel like Jalen uh, Jalen Green would probably be the number two pick, just simply just because I, I think he's just sword Suggs as like the best available option at that point. So with drafting Jalen Suggs, I mean Jalen Green with the number two pick, it's like the Rockets are. Kind of subliminally convincing, like KPJ is a point guard. Like that, that's what I'm thinking. They try to let him have the keys, you know, see what he can do. Yeah, that's a big that's risk. What I'm thinking, but the Rockets aren't going anywhere in the next couple of years. So I mean, why not, right? But Jalen Green's yeah. worth taking at number two. So he, I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it at this. Either way, either whether we, I don't want to see Evan Mobley go there, but I, I, we could probably talk about that later when he comes up. Mm-hmm. But I feel like either way, a backcourt of Jalen Suggs and KPJ or Jalen Green and KPJ is, is a good starting point either way. Absolutely. That's, That's going to bring – yo, they're going to be going crazy down there for them. Like, Can't wait. Either way, I, I think that I think it's a, it's a good selection. But I see I see Green just edging them out right there. Yeah, I like that. I'm not going to knock it. I'm not going to knock it. So we got to go to Ohio for the third pick in the draft. Oh man, let's hope they don't mess this one up. Yes. Whew. Now listen, I'm so there's been a lot of rumors about training college Sexton, Kevin Love, they could buy out his contract. So I'm just trying to think of so if they really are looking to trade Colin Sexton, who are they looking to get in return for Sexton? And what's his value right now in the trade market? Because is, is he someone you would go out your way to go trade for? Uh would you go out your way to trade for Colin Sexton? If, so I was actually talking large about it, which is funny. I would, as a Knicks fan, I would welcome a trade for Colin Sexton. I feel like he'll fit perfectly in New York, mm, okay. especially since he's on it. Especially since he's on his rookie deal, and we have a little more flexibility now. That's is balance that's about to expire, and we could like we could deal with it instead of the Cavs like already giving him a deal, and we have to take on what they already gave, and we could kind of work with what we think he's worth. Feel me? So Let I, me I would welcome that. Let me ask you, if you was the head coach of your team, would you have Colin Sexton play the one or two? Or what does it not matter to you? You think he could play two? I, play you know, I see his playmaking potential. Okay. I, I'll, I'll definitely play him at the one. Okay. Okay. Another – in real quick, another team I've seen uh, that I, I feel like he could possibly fit in with is the, is the Heat. You know, there was oh. rumors about them trying to trade Tyler Harrow and stuff. Man. <sighs> I feel like Tyler. All right, you know I don't even want to dive in there because I—that's for another episode, actually. Yeah, yeah like we, these these are the scenarios, though. Mm, you know what? Okay, so who's your third pick? If you was the Cleveland Cavaliers, who you drafted with the third pick? Uh, well, if I'm the Cleveland Cavaliers, first of all, I'm keeping I'm keeping Colin Sexton. 
Okay. All right. And I'm drafting Evan Mobley. Mm, I think that's everyone's consensus number third pick. It just yeah, makes and that's regardless if Jared Allen walks in free agency or not. Mm. I'm, I'm taking Evan Mobley. I feel like he, he's he's too hard to pass on at that point. I can see Kaminga possibly getting some some looks, but I still think he's a little bit a little bit raw. So I think Evan Mobley, the more established talent, gets to pick here. I think he fits in with that that young backcourt of uh of Darius Garland in in, in college section. Sorry, we got some dirt bikes going by. Yes, that's right. Uh, so my whole thing is, you look at Evan Mobley, you know, he's seven feet tall. He's real skinny, 215, but he got a seven-foot wingspan, right? And he has a great potential as a two-way talent. So, you know, and he's a great defensive player. He's not AD defensive level, but I don't see, you know, could he get to that AD level of defensive presence? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, definitely, sure. I, I definitely think he can. It's going to take some time because bigs do take – well, but bigs don't really take as long as guards really develop in the league. Or do you think that's not the case? What do you think is more like in terms so of like it? It depends on that big skill set. You see a guy like Evan Mobley. Right. I, I'm gonna put it this way: It's gonna be real easy for him to end up like Mo Bamba if he doesn't gain some weight. Ah, Mo Bamba had potential, man. If he could just add some weight, and then his but, scoring is so limited. Yeah. And, and yeah, his score, like he never improved. He never really improved as a shooter. He never really improved as a post presence. That's what Evan Mobley's gonna have to do. I, I I'm sold on Evan Mobley's jump shot, like from the like from uh, from the perimeter, like pick and pop situations, maybe in the mid range, possibly down the line creating his own shot. I'm sold on it. It's it's in the paint for me though. I don't I don't. It's whether or not he's gonna be a force in the paint. But so you know, we kind of kind of reference like Mo Bamba is like a cautionary like if he doesn't but that's because and I when I rethink about it again the magic had uh who was the center they traded away to the Bulls I forgot he was an all-star Yusevich right and then they had another center behind him so Mo Bamba's problem was he was really he didn't couldn't get into the rotation that was why he didn't get a chance to really develop and that's I don't see that being an issue at all if Evan Mobley goes to the cast. I don't who's really competing with Evan Mobley if he depending on where you want to put him as a, a four or five, you know, like who he's really I mean Jerry Allen at the five, so I guess you would slide Evan Mobley to the four. But you know, yeah. I don't see him having I, a I, I definitely agree with that. But it's it's another thing when you become unplayable because you can't guard anybody on the block. Absolutely. It, beca- it becomes another thing when, like, you become unplayable, sim- like, because, like, you, you can't, you just can't hold your own in the post. Like, and you, you're getting out physical on boards. Like, you just can't simply hang with the, the grown NBA bigs. So, that, that's that's my only thing with Evan Moby, just that he's got to get a little stronger, a little more physical. But his game, offensive-wise, defensively, as a, as a ball handler, I'm sold on it. Got you. Okay. All right. So, Evan Mobley for number three. I'm rocking with Evan Mobley, too. I think we could come to a consensus on this. The fourth pick was what is another one that I was reading your mock jazz. I was really, really interested in that. Go ahead and break that down. So early, so I made my I made my mock draft a while ago. And I um actually had Jalen Green possibly dropping down to the to the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. One of the main reasons was it like one, because I had Jalen, I had Jalen Suggs going two, of course. But with Jalen Green, it, it just it just reminded me so much of Vince Carter, like just seeing Vince Carter back in the Raptors. Wow. And, I, yes. And him and considering and 
we could all assume that Kyle Lowry is going to leave a free agency. Oh, absolutely. That's I feel like one. I feel like that that's definitely where Fred Van uh, Fred Van Vliet comes in. And he's going to have to play the one, which I feel he's comfortable with doing. Mm. And Jalen Green can slide into that two spot. You still have OG and Anubi. You still have uh, Pascal Siakam. Mm. But yeah, so that's what I had. That's what I had originally. Now since like. I had I switched it up a little bit. I had Green going too. I got Jalen Suggs going there at four. So three things on the on your original thing. So one, if Jim, if the Rockets decided not to take Green and they decided to say let's just take Mobley and try to pair him with Christian Wood, which would have been a dominant front court presence, but the obviously the guard position would have been really lacking. Besides Porter. So I just seen Green drop the four, and then the Cavs. So, and no doubt in my mind, if they would absolutely pounce on Green in that heartbeat, Darius, Darius Garland, and Jalen Green, they would absolutely. And then you may even have Colin Sexton come off the bench for six men. You you would make Colin Sexton come off the bench? I'm not playing Colin Sexton over Green. I'm really not. I think the only thing, the only advantage like Sexton has over Green, in my opinion, is experience. And that's something obviously Green will obviously get. So but I just But you, you're really gonna does that superior than Green in your opinion. I mean, it's I feel like Colin Sexton played at like nearly an all-star level last year. Like you you can't like if you're if my this is my opinion. If you're gonna draft Jalen Green as the Cavs, you're then in that case they're they're definitely trading. Colin Sexton, and they're just going to have Darius Garland run the one and Green at the two. Then you have like uh, you have a core row right there. I like that bad core. And, and I, I can like see that, that. And, and I can definitely see that happening, considering he's a trade talks. But I'm gonna say from the from the perspective, I guess I made the mock like my mock draft from before. Right. Like I like I'm like I was sold on that they're not gonna they're not gonna trade Colin Sexton. And I'm I'm still kind of I'm still kind of like dead set in that. Like I don't I don't really think they're going to trade him. Well, the Cavs are unpredictable, so I really wouldn't put it past them. That's so. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't put it past them. But I, my fourth pick, Jalen Suggs. Kyle Lowry leaves. Uh, that gives time for Jalen Suggs to obviously have the keys to the franchise. Of course, Fred Van Fleet's there to mentor him, guide him. He's a champion, so that's no. Honestly, the Suggs to the Raptors, that's probably the best. He's a prospect that'll probably land in the best position possible, in my opinion, besides Katie Cunningham. No, nah, definitely, definitely. Green, depending on how you look at it. So that's just my opinion. I feel like Suggs and the Raptors is like a match made. It's just perfect. Like, it's just, you know, you just see perfect. That's perfect right there. So we go all the way to Florida, not Miami, Orlando. The Orlando Magic. And this one, I'm so conflicted, Kyrie. So conflicted. It, it, gets, it gets tricky with these next couple of picks, bro. I'm so – now, Scotty Barnes, to me, I was I, – I watched him, right? I was high on him. I wasn't crazy about him, though, right? There's a difference. I was high on him, but I wasn't crazy about him. For sure. I, I was crazy on Kuminga because I watched him dominate. Every time I watched him – like he dominated, so it was like, man, this guy—he's a top three pick, and he could be number one, depending on you know. Now you know, watching them play in the G League, and then you know you watching Scotty Barnes, and the one thing about Scotty Barnes is he doesn't. One thing that really holding him back is the jumper, because he everything else he does is is great. 
is you ha- like athleticism, quickness, strength. Ball handling. He played some point guard back at Florida State, bro. Like, the versatility on offense and then the versatility on the defense. He has the quickness and strength to guard every position on the court. And then, yes, he did not shoot very well, but he's not scared to take shots. And that's why I'm so high on him. Honestly, if he had a jump shot, he'd probably be in contention for the number one pick. The, if, if he, he had, had a jump shot. If he, if had, he a had a jump shot, and I feel like if if his handle like in the half court was a little better, and his passing ability like in the half court was a little bit better, it'd be a debate. Yeah, be a real debate between him and Kate Cunningham. Because at that point, he's he, he's he's nearly complete. Like like you like you were saying, there's almost nothing he can't like he can't do on the court. So I can see why like he gained like a lot of like traction at uh at number five here with Orlando. Do you, do you do you see him going there? Are you are you still sold on sold on Kaminga going there? Oh man, you know what? Anybody else? Like like the Magic, but the, Magic, the Magic are a little unpredictable three. too. But they're stacked at the three and four position. That's what it's like. They got Isaac. I think Otto Porter Jr. is still there, isn't he? I don't know. I don't know about Otto Porter Jr. But I know Terrence Ross is still there. They have Gary Harris. Oh, yo, those are really well. Um, Terrence Ross, as you could put him at the two or three, he's kind of like, you know, you don't really know what's set position. But they're like, they're like swingmen. Yeah, pretty much. But in my yeah, Otto, Otto Porter Jr. is on the magic. They, they're stacked at the three. So I'm like, man, if he goes there, where's the, like, is he going to crack the rotation? That, that's know? the only thing with, that's been the problem with them like the last couple of years. That's why, like, besides Cole Anthony, they haven't really had a rookie that came in and like stood out. And then and talk about Colt. Let's look at the point guard position for the this stack that pretty much the one to five. They got Markel Colts coming back next year. RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony, like, and then it's man. I I feel like I I don't want Scotty going to the Magic because I feel like he's not going to be able to do what he can do because it's so much uh, like, and they're not just they're not none of these guys at the three that they have are scrubs. Jonathan Isaac still has a lot of potential. Some people might say he's a bust, you know, depending on how you who you ask, but he still has a lot of potential. Otto Porter Jr. is a veteran. He's a serviceable guy. He's going to come in, play defense, give you buckets. I don't know. I think Scotty Barnes, I, I want, he's going to get drafted, but I just feel like it's going to be real hard for him to just crack and get time to play. Yeah, so I, I feel the same way, kind of. And I feel like one, one I feel like Kaminga fits in better. And I feel like that's okay because I feel like Scotty Barnes fits in with some teams like below Orlando. I wouldn't want Scotty Barnes to go to Orlando either. So, but so, so, so you think Kaminga gets drafted? By, so you think he'll be able to crack into that rotation? I think I think Kaminga will have. See, it's hard because their their play styles are, are somewhat similar, but he's not he's not much of the willing passer that uh that Scotty Barnes is like he has something like he has some passing ability like in the pick and roll. And finding right. like big men for for dump offs and stuff like that, but I don't see him. Like, I don't see. I don't see him being like a primary like playmaker, like in half court settings or or even in the full court like 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 Scotty Barnes can. Which would be great with guys like Terrence Ross and Cole Anthony, and Markel Fultz, RJ Hampton, because they can all get out and run. That is true. But I I feel like. I still feel like Kuminga might be a little bit of a safer bet there just because I think he's going to get a little bit more rotation minutes. Just 
just because of his offensive like versatility, being able to drive and, and take it like take somebody off of the uh, like off of the dribble, um, being able to pull. He loves like the pinch post area, being able to like like get somebody smaller on his hip and turn around and shoot the jumper. So I, I feel like his I feel like his ability to like score in the mid range and to to kind of like relieve guys like like Cole and 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 uh, Markel or Terrence Ross when it comes to scoring. And like to plug and plus you could plug him you could plug him in kind of like Scotty into into like multiple lineups and, and play have him play have him play multiple positions and guard multiple positions. But I I think ultimately Kuminga does get the edge because he has some G League like G League pro experience. Mm, and that was that was why I was 50 50 on it. College competition, you're playing G League, you're playing against grown men, you know. But and Kaminga is the more aggressive. He's the one that look for the shot, right? And Scotty be the you know he'll look to you know get his teammates in the flow of things. So that's the big difference. So it depends on do you want an aggressive scorer, and then he has the potential to become that two way you know versatile guy, or do you want the guy who's versatile already and the potential to become that aggressive scorer? So it's just like you know it's just a matter of what are you willing to gamble on. So. You're going with Kaminga. I'm going with Scotty. Can't wait to see you on draft night on Thursday. I'm so excited for the draft, honestly. Number oh, six. Sure. Number six. We go to the team that drafted three MVPs in consecutive years. I don't know any other franchise that'll probably do that again. In my opinion, I just don't like how lucky you gotta be. How much of the odds that's got to be on your side to be able to do that? Right. You think OKC could do that again? They get hey, Yo, with, with the like 400 draft picks they got, I wouldn't put it past them. You hear me? Oh, man, he went out again. I'm going to go ahead and, and just give you all my, my, uh, my six picks for the Oklahoma City, uh, to, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm going to have to go ahead and go with uh, Scotty Barnes, though, because right here, because I, I just feel like he fits better with this young squad and he's going to have his opportunity. He's going to he's going to get his minutes like we were talking about, it, like opposed to what we were talking about in Orlando, where he might have problems cracking the rotation. So I think uh, I think Scotty Barnes is going to be the best pick right here. His energy is perfect for the Oklahoma City fan base. Like I, I just him and shy. I like that. Him and shy. I actually like that. You know what? They got a lot of other young pieces too, like Alexa uh, Pokushevsky. Mm-hmm. Darius, Darius Baisley. Yeah, they, they Darius Baisley, uh Theo Maladin. They drafted him last year too. So they got some nice Dor- young pieces. Yeah, Dor- yeah, they got they yeah, they do. I was so me, I was debating between putting Kaminga or James Boak Knight. But then I'm thinking to myself. If you draft James Boat Knight, he's 6'5", 190, slide him to the two, push Shy to the one. Because I I think Shy, in my opinion, is better as a point guard than a two guard. But he could play both. But I just feel like that was what he played his whole life until he got to the NBA. So yeah. I feel like James Boat Knight at the sixth spot and then Shy at the one, that's a great backcourt in my opinion. A future oh. potential to become wow. a great I like that because, uh, like you mentioned with Shai's positional versatility, he also played some three last season too, which I really like because that that's allowed him to play essentially like a three guard lineup, like we used to see when uh when it was Chris Paul, um Shai and and uh, Dennis Schroeder that one year, 
Right. So I like the potential to be able to do that. I originally had Davion Mitchell going there. Um simply because, because I like that right there. I, I like I like that three guard lineup potential. And he and Mitchell doesn't even have to start. He could he could have come on. He he could be like a nice like spark off the bench. But I I feel like Scotty's too high right. Like his 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 draft like stock is like soaring too high right now. I think he's gonna be too high to pass on. Like I said, I feel like the Magic are gonna take Scotty at five in my opinion. Because like I said, I feel like they're gonna value that he's versatile. It it's just like he has the potential to become an aggressive scorer. So. But I think for the sixth pick, so you're going. Who is your sixth pick? I went with uh, I went with Scotty. Scotty, I'm going with James Boat Knight. So that's who I'm rocking with. The seventh pick in the draft, we go to the Golden State Warriors, and they're actually trying to shop this pick. Actually, so we don't know if they're going to remain at this seventh pick or not. But as of now, as of July 26. Golden State have the seventh pick. They also have the 14th pick in the draft. So I don't go to the state. So I was thinking Kaminga, you know, at the three spot. I like because you know Andrew Wiggins. I mean, how long is he gonna stay with Golden State? I don't really see any more potential in Andrew Wiggins. I don't think he could be any more than what he is now. In my opinion, for the number one pick, you know, some people might say he's a bust. I don't like to use that word bust. I just feel like I don't know. Maybe he didn't go to an organization that really was able to utilize his abilities right, in my opinion. Because the Minnesota Timberwolves have a long history. Mm-hmm. Of, a very, like, really long history yep. with messing up their draft prospects. So I really want to, because people don't understand the bus term is so easily thrown out, but it's like, it's so many variables that go into, like, like the, the team's development, the management, the coaching. It's so much that goes into it. So, I don't want to call Wiggins a bust, but he absolutely has not lived up to that number one pick. And I think the Golden State were with the seventh pick, you take Kaminga with that one. What do you think? With Kaminga? So, wait, my fault. So, who did you have going uh, five to Orlando again? I had Scotty Barnes. Got you, got you. Okay, okay, okay. I got mixed up with your John a little bit. Yep, but, yo, I'm struggling with uh, – I've been struggling with Golden State seventh pick. I'm not even going to hold you. I see I a lot of people – Say again? You don't even know if they're going to keep it. They're That's shopping. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of split between Davion and, and uh, and Book Knight, simply because I think those would be like the best two, like, like trade, like trade bait targets at that point. And I feel like they'll be able to, they'll be like easier to shop. But I'm like, as far as team fit, like, if, like if they're going to keep that pick, ah, man. I I'm say Kaminga because at the three spot, who they had Wiggins and Kelly Oubre as the backup. So I'm like, well, I think Kaminga is better than Wiggins. And and yeah. Oubre, and I think Oubre is a free agent. There's no, there's no telling if he's even going to stay there. I don't think he. Well, I, who knows? I mean, at this point, honestly, I don't, I think Kaminga has more potential than both of those guys. I'm I'm, I'm gonna go book night. Mm, okay. I'm gonna go book night because he's gonna have because because Clay Thompson's coming off two like two years off. Because of injuries, and he's going to need a lot of relief. Ooh, so I think Book Knight, like coming in, being able to, you know, like Steve Kerr uh, handed him the keys, like yo, shoot, like shoot some threes, break, like uh, call some isos for yourself, uh, get some other bench players, like like get, like he's going to be able to get his stuff up. So so I really like I really like him there at uh, at Golden State. He's got a lot on his bag. He's athletic. He's got to show me that he he just got to show me that he's able to do more than just score though. 
Like it's, it's like it's one thing to be a bucket, but what separates players though from like from being like star like superstars and like like Hall of Famers? I feel like is yeah, you get a bucket, but what up? Like can can you can you play make too? Can you defend too? Like it's, it's other stuff in this game that I really want to see him like improve on. But I feel like being in Golden State and being in that type of culture, I I, I think he's going to thrive there. That is true. That is true. Okay, I don't really like you know I'm not d- disagreeing with it. I think both night when you brought up that perspective, Clay has not played in two years. Man, that's hard. That's crazy yeah. to think about, ain't it? Yeah, I when you told me that, I was like, really? It, it feel, like I still remember. Uh, I still remember that finals game where he got hurt. It, it really feels like 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 yesterday. Wow, two that's years. Crazy. Okay, actually, that pick makes a lot of sense of him going there. I don't see why. Yeah, I actually love that. Actually, I. Two years. That's crazy. I didn't even notice that. So, all right. Bogue Knight, Kaminga, respectively. We go to Orlando. We fly back to Orlando again. What's going on? So, man, like, yeah. we're going back to Orlando. So, you had Scotty Barnes going there. Who you, who you think they're going to pair up with Scotty Barnes with number eight? Or do you man, think they trade it? What do you think they do with it? I think because – so, I'm looking at the Magic's roster, and they're so – like – it's a lot of depth. They, they got they got a lot like, of young I, players. Like, from the point guards to the shooting guards to the small four, like I don't even know. I don't know at this point. I genuinely and so I think they traded. I think they traded. But if they don't trade it, I think the Magic of the Tribe overstocked themselves at the position. So if I had to really sit there and make a guess, I think Franz Wagner. Uh, I think Franz went the six nine. He could play the four. He could play the three. And then at the same time, I remember. So Jonathan Isaac just signed a max uh, a max contract, a max contract extension, right? Yeah, so, something like that. He he got paid. Him and Markel, they both got so, paid. So he's he's not leaving. So I'm looking at it like this. Okay, so you got Chuma Okiki, right? He missed the whole year. He got hurt. He got drafted in 2019. I don't know what's his. Long term future, what the magic is, I'm not sure. Chuma Okiki, yeah, Chuma Okiki. I, I like but, him, but, but they like, they're deep though. They got so yo, I see what you're saying now. And now, my whole thing is okay, if you draft Franz Wagner, so where, where does that leave space for Chuma Okiki? Obviously, it'd be great competition, they'll battle each other, improve each other, right? But at the end of the day, it's only you know, you see. Someone's got to someone's got to move up in events. So, so, so like, I'm not gonna lie, you. So you kind of opened my eyes with that one. I'm not particularly high on Franz Wagner. I didn't even have. I, I have him like going just outside the lottery, to be honest with you. Ah, okay. But um, I kind of do like that fit. I do. I I could have kind of seen what that fit with the Magic because now that I think about it, they don't really have a player on that squad like perimeter wise that's like known for defense, right. So I feel like a friend's wired and he would kind of he could kind of change the dynamic of certain lineups where they have you, you, you can look at Orlando's Matt, like Orlando's roster. They they have a whole bunch of scores. Throwing a guy like Franz Wagner and like that, that could complement them scores as as a passer. Then on the other end, defend and, and make up for like some of their for some of their miscues and stuff like that. I, I wouldn't mind it. But my, my biggest thing with Franz is like I feel like he's he might struggle to create his own shot in the NBA because he's not really an athlete, you know. And, and you hate to use, you know, he's not athletic, you know. 
weakness against a player, but we've seen players dominate without a- athleticism. So it's not – I'm not overly concerned about it, but it's like, you know, that's something you're going to look out for. For sure. And it's, he, it's, it's a legitimate weakness when you consider, like, blowing by players. Exactly. You don't know how much of the – I, I would want to be able to do that. Exactly. Exactly. I would want to be able to blow by – I feel like anyone would honestly would want to do that, honestly. It just depends on, you know. But – Honestly speaking, yeah, I think France waiting because they're so. St- I, I don't even know. I think they they would trade it, right? But I'm I'm sticking with France waiting. All right, I like that. I'm not gonna hold. I, I really do like that, even though I'm not really high on them. I like that. I like that slot for them. But um, me personally, I got Mo- I, I had Moses Moody at first. I still got Moses Moody, uh, shooter out of Arkansas. Oh, not a- not like that. I do not like that. You don't like Moses Moody? Well, I'm 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 gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you why I like it though. Right, right. He's 6'5 with a seven foot, seven foot one wingspan. Mm-hmm. He can shoot the lights out. He's not too much of a creator right now, but coming off his screens and sizing up smaller players, I, I I like him. I like him as a scorer. He I feel like eventually he'll get that handle and he'll get that he'll get that blow by ability to to score from all three levels. He doesn't have the athleticism right now. But he re- he relies a lot on that length. Defensively, that length is is going to come in handy too because he's going to be able to guard like the one through the three, and he's going to be effective off the screens. And he's going to be effective in the passing lanes. So I like him as a floor spreader, if, especially if you're drafting him alongside a guy like Jonathan Kaminga, who I'm not particularly sold on as an outside shooter. So that that's just with me. I could, like for yours, I can see why Franz Wagner. I definitely I respect it. But me, I'm a. Uh, I, I think I think uh, Moses Moody is, is going to be the pick right here. Well, you know, I hate to sit there and look like I'm backtracking, but now I'm looking at Gary Harris and Terrence Ross. So this Maddie team is really young. I'm looking at the the ages on the roster. I feel like Terrence Ross. I feel like they might shop him probably during draft night or probably during the all season. I already hear they're shopping uh, Gary Harris. Right. I mean, Gary Harris is – I just feel like he just doesn't – like the Magic aren't in any position to honestly contend. I mean, can they contend? You uh, think – I mean, man, you got to you gotta, think Markel becomes that number one number one pick, right? Oh, man. You, are you still sold on that, bro? <sighs> he he was playing well. I I'm more sold on Cole Anthony at this point. I like RJ Hampton. I feel like RJ I like, R- I like RJ last, Hampton too, but the last twenty, the last how are you gonna play all three of these guys? Like oh man, someone's getting traded. I honestly my pick. Someone's getting traded. And now I'm looking back at the roster. Now I think, okay, you know, I can see the Moses Moody now. Because I feel like Terrence Ross just I feel like they they gotta move him or Gary Harris, right? Don't you think Terrence Ross will eventually wanna go somewhere where he can win? Absolutely. That's why I said I feel like that's why. So now when I'm looking, I'm re looking at the shooting guards on the Magic. Now I'm thinking, okay, you know, Moses Moody, that would be a great development for him to go there, honestly, in my opinion. And they had four point guards. Michael Carter Williams was on the Magic. I, I completely I forgot about yep. him. Yep. They'll definitely shop him because he, he just doesn't have no business being there. Is DJ Augustine on there still, too? DJ Augustine. No, he is not on the team. Right. He had no he had no business being there either. Like <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I like the most. No, I hate to retract my but I think most, yeah. I feel like because they, they gotta shot one of them. They're too stacked each position. So yeah, Moses Moody there. I think a team that would fit him 
and that's the next pick in the draft, the Sacramento Kings. Boy, I wish Chris was here. Do I wish Chris mm. was here? But the ninth pick in the draft, the Sacramento Kings. talk about a team that messes up their picks. Woo! I feel I still honestly believe had they not put Tyreek Evans at their three, he Tyreek Evans was a star in my opinion. They ruined him. <laughs> and I've I'm scared for De'Aaron Fox. I don't want the Kings to ruin him. They ruined De- Tyreek Evans. <laughs> Yo, that's so sad. Because he was definitely rookie of the year. He oh he wasn't just he was a like the first rookie, just ball. like I can't remember who, but he put up like 25 and 5 up his rookie year. I still remember when he played the Sixers, man. When I watched Tyreek, it's like, man, you just knew, like, the, he'd be all-star. He's a hooper. All-star. He was a flat-out hooper. He ain't ruined him. Between the coaching changes, never having the stability with that. Yep. Putting him at the three position when he <laughs> excelled at the one, which was beyond me. I forgot who was the coach that did that. And then, obviously, the injuries, too, obviously. so but For sure. Got- for sure. Ninth pick in the draft. I think Moses Moody. And then I feel like so you say six five. I'm seeing some reports saying he's six six. If he is six six, right? Uh I think putting him at the three, I think so. You got De'Aaron, Tyrese, Halliburton, and then Moses Moody. I think that's a great one, two, and three right there. You wouldn't say so? I I would definitely I would love Moses Moody uh in the in um in the Kings. If uh, if they're really gonna trade Buddy Hill, like they're talk, like 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 I'm hearing, no, they're gonna trade him. I I, I really I, I I really do believe they're gonna trade Buddy. I really do. I feel like because you know there was some about him not being increasingly happy, you know, and it's like I feel like they're gonna move him. If they don't move him during or after the off season, it'll probably be before the trade trade deadline. All right. But I things could change between them. Things, you don't, you don't know. Things could change between them. He could probably regrow the love for Sacramento. But uh, no, for sure, for sure, and and, and that's, that's that remains to be seen. Though Sacramento's not good for like not known for holding good ties with their players. Like the Marcus Cousins, the, the Marcus Cousins left on a bad note. Tyreek, the Marcus Cousins yeah. actually panned out really well. It was just the coach. They never had stability at the coaching position. That was yep. what killed the Marcus Cousins' career with the Kings. Tyreek Evans, they just completely screwed him over. I hate to say that. Excuse my language, but they really screwed him over. Like, so, but I'm rocking with Moses Moody at number nine. Who? I mean, I like that. I like that. So, me personally, I'm a, I, I'm at, I was so I was thinking kind of like the same standpoint as you, but with another player, hmm. and that's Marvin Bagley. And I feel like he they're going to replace him with Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson at the four. Jalen Johnson, yo, Jalen Johnson's like six nine, like two two twenty, two thirty. He's a yo, Jalen Johnson's a unit. I actually wanted, I, I actually wanted Jalen. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not gonna spoil it. <laughs> I'm not gonna spoil it. Jalen, oh, Jalen Johnson on the Kings. You know what? No, that that. Listen, Marvin Bagley put up fourteen and seven since he's been in the league, bro. They got, he, it, it's, it's, it's got to be over. He might just he might just be a rapper to me at this point. I, you know, I don't know. I ain't listened to his music and stuff. I heard him, you know. I forgot you. he even rapped. <laughs> so that says, yeah, he, he's got to go. Jalen Johnson, he's athletic. He's got a nice scoring ability from the mid-range, and he shot 40% from the three last year at Duke, even though he only played 13 games. He didn't have to – he was like the – was he like – wasn't he like the first player under Coach K to like, to like leave during the season? 
Honestly, that's what's as a lot of controversy surrounding him. You know, a lot yeah. of a lot, a lot of people are turned off by how he. You know, some people say he bailed out on the team midway, and you know, I always say the player got to do what's best for him at the end. He's the one that's exactly on. because because so, we definitely seen players. Uh, we definitely see players get get screwed over by the NCAA. It's absolutely. And that's before the NIL was even made official. So, in my opinion, it's really – it's all a matter – it's just – it depends on who you ask, perspectives. There's a lot of, you know – Gotcha. Right. So, that's a, that's why he kind of slipped because he was originally, like, top five, like, you know. and then mm-hmm, For sure. He, yeah, now he's, like, he's lottery, could be outside lottery. He's, he's definitely first-rounder. He's definitely first-rounder. For sure, for sure. And, and I, did, I wasn't particularly crazy at his game, like, while he was at Duke. I'm not going to hold you. But once I seen, like, some of his workouts, and I kind of, like, I kind of, like, paid a little bit more attention to, like, to, like, some some game and that, like, some game analysis with him. I I really feel like he's going to be a perfect fit here, especially because he's, he, he's super versatile. Defensively, he's going to be able to guard, like, a bunch of positions. He's athletic. He's going to be able to uh, block shots on the weak side. Gonna be able to run the pick and roll with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. He's gonna be a crazy lob threat. I just see him working in if, if they. I just see him working there if they really like decide to move on from Marvin Bagley. I feel like they. I feel like the Kings. I feel like the Kings are tired of Marvin Bagley at this point. I think. I think. I actually saw something about Marvin Bagley. Uh, he liked the comment saying, you know, that they should trade him. I don't know if that was a Twitter tweet yeah. that he was that and you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think I, I see oh, something along the, along the lines of that, and also like his dad, like on Twitter or something, saying that they, that he needed to get out of there. Oh yeah, yeah. So in my opinion, I feel like Marvin Bagley and the Kings are pretty much at this point. If he's not traded during the offseason, expect it before the deadline, or at least you know probably during the season before the deadline. So right, even then, I feel like they just they need some they need some depth in, at power forward anyway, especially if Rashawn Holmes leaves in free agency. They uh they they gonna need some depth at the big man position. I think he, he's gonna fill in perfectly for them though. All right, that's fair. That's fair. We move on to the tenth pick. So the tenth pick that was originally the New Orleans will become the Memphis Grizzlies. And that, I'm gonna stick changes, with that changes a lot to me. It does, but you know what? I was thinking about would that change the pick that I have in number ten, and I said absolutely not. And I'm sticking with Josh Giddy. Now he's a point forward. And I see he has no problem working with John Moran or, or, or Dylan Brooks, in my opinion. I don't see no issue with that at all. He's six eight. He's not really a, a a shooter, but that's something that could obviously be worked on. He's young. He's 18 years old. He's 18. He doesn't turn 19 until October. He's really young. So he, he's got a lot of potential. His youth is on his side. He plays the game at his own pace. He doesn't. He takes control. You can see he controls the pace of the game. Ambidextric, he can finish at either hand. Not that athletic, but he's very good at covering the passing lanes and, and, and playing defense as well. His defense is something that a lot of rookies coming into the league they're not really known for, unless you hear about their defense. And obviously, the offense doesn't match up with the defense, right? Yeah, right, right. So, Josh Giddy, I like him. I think him and John Moran is in Dylan Brooks. If you know, I, I like it. I like it. I like Josh Giddy at number ten. Yo, you know what, bro? I was I, since this happened so like 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 so like recent today, right? I, I I really I really had no idea, but I feel like you sold me on that pick right there. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. One, it's funny because the first time I watched Josh Giddy play, I watched some I watched some YouTube highlights of him. The first player that came to mind was Kyle Anderson. 
he's, and he's on a squad, which is like, which is hilarious. But like, he 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 does he really reminds me a lot of like Kyle Anderson and like some like Sean Livingston. Mm. So I feel like he could be a lot. I feel like he could be a lot better than her. Oh, he definitely has way more potential than Sean Livingston. What honestly, Sean Livingston had potential. He just had it was that just, it was just injury. That injury. Right. That robbed everything of them. So if, if we're talking about pre-Livingston injury potential, hey, you kidding me? That's a steal at that point. Not to, not to mention he, he went on, he, he, he was, a, he was a, a good part of winning three chips. Right. The, so, hey, hey, but, call me crazy. But at 6'8", I could definitely see that him being plugged in, like kind of in like a positionless, positionless lineup with him, Ja, and Dylan, like, like on the perimeter. I could yeah. definitely see that because Memphis, if I'm not mistaken, was like number one in transition points last year, yeah, and that's where Josh Giddy thrives. He's six eight, so he could grab the rebound. He's no, he has no problem pushing the uh, pushing the break and finding the open man, or even taking it himself. Like you said, he's not the most athletic, but he he has like that smoothness to his game, kind of like a Luca, or kind of like even to an extent uh, like Kyle Anderson, where he just finds a way to make it work and to find angles on guys and, and cut them off and get to the basket and, and finish it. He just yeah. has to become more physical. And the main thing with him, which I feel like is the main like swing factor, is, is his jumper. I'm not crazy about his form, mm. but I've I seen like in catching catch and shoot situations, he's serviceable. Okay. His, his, his numbers, I think he shot like 29% from three um, in the NBL last year. He played in Australia. But I feel like he 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 he's got some room to improve on that. He's only like what 18, 19? Right. He's 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 relatively young. So, right. so I, I I definitely see that. And not to mention with Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson. Woo. Man. That Grizzly team has so that's, that's, much potential. Yeah, uh, the Grizzlies always been a team I love, bro, since the grit and grind days. I, I I like seeing them do good. The grit and grind. I just wish that I was able to get one. They were so close to winning that championship. I think what year was that? Was that twenty? I think it was 20, 2013 or twenty fourteen. They messed up the Spurs, right? Right. What was that? What was the playoffs where Russell had hurt himself? Well, no, that was against a whole different team. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. That was like I think that was like a year or two later. Right, right. But he got hurt. But Kevin Durant did have to play against yeah in the Grizzlies. I think the next round. And then they had they they had ousted them out. It was just Kevin Durant by himself. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. That, I and think then, that. Then was, those Grizzlies they lost to the Warriors. That was the year, in my opinion. If, if, I'm, had, if I'm not mistaken, I think they lost to the Warriors right after that. If they had beat the Warriors, that would have been the chip, honestly, in my opinion. I genuinely oh, believe. Sure. It was I genuinely just, believe that. Crazy though, but I'm I'm really so moving on. We we both got Josh Giddy. I like that. I, I like that for uh, I like that for Memphis. So looking at number eleven, this is this is somewhere like considering they just got uh, with the Charlotte Hornets. They just got Lamelo Ball last year. They still have a young squad with Miles Bridges, PJ uh, PJ Washington, um, Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham. So they, they still have a young squad. Who do you see them bring, bringing in right here at, uh, at yeah. number eleven? I'm really curious. So man, I was so my pick was Jalen Johnson. And then when I look at all their fours on this roster, besides PJ Washington, there's there's really no one on their team that could really. So I feel like so, but obviously if you want to put them at the three, you got the Martin twins, you have Mile Bridges, you know, and you could slide Mile Bridges to the four because sometimes he did play the four even though he was six six. Yeah, so, I, don't, I don't really like that. I feel like that'd be a log jam right there. 
and will be large in. And that's all, why all their games are like so like so similar between him, PJ, and and and, and, and Miles. And my no, I think Jalen Johnson's PJ Washington games are absolutely different. I think absolutely, so. absolutely different. I feel like Jalen Johnson, like you said, is more the versatile. He he's a point forward too, in my opinion. PJ Washington is absolutely not a point forward. Unless I, I need to rewatch some of his games and relook at his playing style, but from what I saw, he's absolutely not a point forward. Uh, two different perspectives. I don't necessarily see Johnson as a point forward. I, I, it's kind of hard to classify his game. Yeah, he's got some handling ability. Yes, he, he's got some passing ability. But I, I feel like he's a little more all around and just just a point. I don't, I don't really know how to describe to, to describe him. But like I said, different perspectives. But uh, you can tell you. So I, I mean, honestly speaking, I, I was gonna rock with Jalen Johnson. Like that's what I was rock with. All right. Yeah. Who's they five man? Was it like is it, is it still Bismack? It's Cody Zeller and Bismack Biamba. Oh my god, I would think. <laughs> oh my god. Nick Richardson is on the spot too. <laughs> Nick Richardson, Vernon Carey. I wish they'd get some more burn. I, I'm, I like Vernon Carey. Um, eh, that's that five position stack. They go. They they're gonna drop somebody. They're gonna let somebody. But I got them taking another Johnson right here, though. I got them getting Keon Johnson from Tennessee. I, mm, you got Malik Monk, Terry Rozier, and Keon Johnson. So th- mm. this is what this is what I like about oh, Keon Johnson. You can look, <laughs> you can look at his size. Yeah, he's six five. I'll give him like a buck ninety, maybe two hundred pounds right now. But he's a physical, athletic, like two way guard, bro. And what was his vertical he, at the combine? 48 inches. He, bro- he shattered the record. Hey, man. 48-inch vertical. It's not all about the athleticism, uh, but you can't turn your head away from that and be like, that's not impressive. And, and, to, like, and like I'm saying, I feel like that's going to allow him to play, be able to play bigger, kind of like how Miles Bridges is able to. Mm. And I feel like, one, I, I can see his, he already has a, mid, a nice mid-range pull-up jumper. I can see that transition into a three-point jumper eventually. But I'm just thinking about in transition with him and LaMelo. Oh my! You already you already see him with him and Miles Bridges. Yeah, I, I think that's just gonna be crazy in Charlotte. He, you could plug him in at like the two, three. I, I feel like I project him sometime down the line to be able to play and guard the four spots. He's quick. He's able to get in the passing lanes. He's able to like man up and, and guard guys on the perimeter. He's a pest out there. I, it's, it's really like I feel like the big swing factor with him is really just his jump shot and is able to create for others and himself, like like as a ball handler. That's but defensively, good. athletic-wise, I, yo, I, I take him right there. I'll take him at number 11. You're taking him right there. Okay. All right. Number 11, that's who you rock with, Keon Johnson. All right. So the vertical, you can't turn your way. You can't turn your head from that. So you, you got to acknowledge that. You just pray that the scoring and the IQ catches up eventually. Definitely, definitely. And I, I, I do feel not- like, though, a point guard like LaMelo will be able to – he'll be able to, like, maximize his strengths and minimize his weaknesses. Mm. I feel like just the type of heady point guard LaMelo ball is being out there with him, I feel like it's going to make Keon Johnson look a lot better because he's not going to have to really really handle the ball much, especially if he's out there with Terry Rosier too, another guy that's not afraid to find an open man. I feel like Keon Johnson is going to thrive there with, with, with some heady ball, ball handlers like that. No problem. I, no, I don't disagree with it. 
I, I like it. I like it. I'm not going to knock it. So we go to the 12th pick. We go to the San Antonio Spurs. Can't believe they're in the lottery. Can't even remember the last time they was even in the lottery. When was the last time the Spurs was in the lottery? I can't even remember. What, what pick did they get Keldon Johnson at? Oh, that was like in the 20s. That was like in the late. That was like, right. yeah, it was the late 20s. Got you, got you. All right, I knew I, I knew I. Yeah, that was the late 20s. So this one, I'm going to go with Kai Jones. I feel like Kai Jones is a guy that they're looking for at the five. He's got a lot of potential. He's something pop could eventually mold into something. Well, Tim Duncan, excuse me. Tim Duncan teaching Kyle Jones would be absolutely wonderful for his development. I don't, I don't think Tim Duncan with the with the squad no more. Oh, I mean, he's not. I thought he was an assistant. Tim Duncan's not the assistant coach, is he? Is nah, he? I'm, I'm pretty sure he stepped down as assistant coach sometime this Tim season. Tim Duncan has a, has, a, has a position. Hold on. I know Tim Duncan has a position on the, on the team. Because I have read. Oh, no, actually, excuse me. There's not. Yeah, San Antonio Spurs assistant, 2019 to 2020. Ah, oh man. Okay, I'm still rocking with Kai Jones though. I feel like it'd be a great place for him as to develop as a big man and become a potential dominant big man too. So, I mean, obviously he reminds me of Jackson Hayes from the Pelicans, but I feel like mm-hmm. he has more potential than Jackson Hayes in my opinion. Oh, for sure, I, I do too. I, I like I like Jackson. Hayes. I mean. I really do like Jackson Hayes, and, and it's crazy because Texas always seems to be like producing some type of athletic rim runner like that. Thinking DeAndre Jordan, Miles Turner, now Kai Jones. They have Greg Brown who might be going later in the draft. Like they always got some nice athletic rim runners. But with Kai Jones, I feel like his game is a little more versatile than Jackson Hayes was. Jackson Hayes' game is, is like clean cut and simple: block shots, grab rebounds, run out for the dunks, and in. Guard like in pick and roll. That's it. In lobs, I feel like Kai Jones. He could do all. He could do all those things, but he also has some ball handling to him. He could also shoot it a little bit. I don't know if he's. I don't know if they're gonna let him. The Spurs gonna let him shoot a lot of threes. That's what I'm kind of iffy about. I don't know if the Spurs are really gonna like trying to maximize his offensive game. Ah, uh, okay, that's true. That's true. I'm not sure because he, he's still he's still a bit of a project. He's only been playing ball for like five years. But he, the potential is so real, and it reminds me he shot up so quickly during, like, it, during the mm-hmm. draft. He really for shot sure. Up. for sure. So, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really high on Kyle Jones. Like the potential is really like you, you just can't turn your head from the, it's oozing potential. But at the key word is potential. So, and I think there's no better organization that's better than developing players than the San Antonio Spurs. You could give credit to OKC as well, but I'm still rocking with the Spurs. The best developmental team in the NBA. And I love that for him. I like him at 12. And I'm glad you said that because I actually have another big man getting picked with a, with a load of potential that's really young. And he's a, he's an overseas player that like the curse, like the Spurs are accustomed to picking and, and, mm. and, and molding. Alperin Sengun out of Turkey, bro. He is real. Oh, I like him. I he like is him. real. I like him. Turkish League MVP at 18. He put up like 19 and 9 in his uh in his in his rookie year. Yo, he is real. When you talk, when you talk about like a classic big man with some like like some like some modern like type features to his game, like 
he, he's it right there. And the Spurs don't really have a lot of big men like that can go out and score anyway. You look at Jakob Pertl and Gorgie Jang. They're kind of like they're like garbage bucket, like rebounding type big men. Like I feel like the Spurs need a need a big man to plug in with the young guys like Lonnie uh, Lonnie Walker, Dejounte Murray, Keldon Johnson. They're more than likely going to lose Demar this year. So bringing in a nice big man like Alper Sengun that can score, that can handle, who's unselfish and he can pass at all like at all levels. He's not the best shooter right now, but I I can see I can see his uh, three point game possibly tra- transitioning uh, to the uh, to the NBA to the NBA level. So you talk about a post score, he's like super crafty in the post. His spin moves is crazy. Like I, I just feel like the Spurs would, uh, do something special with him, and they they have they're the organ like you said they have like one of the best developmental or- organizations in the league. So you take a young guy like that. With uh, and maybe Timmy does come back. He sees the potential in him and, and try to work with him, or even work with him outside of it. I don't know. I just know the Spurs need to pick him up. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. Okay, I, I think Kai Jones took the Spurs because he. I'm not, I'm not mad at. I'm not, I'm not mad at the Kai Jones pick though. I just feel like he just fits with the Spurs. I just feel like he does. Okay, I'm gonna switch. To the 13th pick, the 13th pick was the pick that Kobe Bryant was drafted. 13th pick. 13th pick has a lot of – so you got Kobe, D-Book, Davion Mitchell. Yeah, hey, man, the 13th pick is – hey, hey, listen, man, 13th pick got some magic. And you got the Indiana Pacers. Now, I'm really conflicted on where the Indiana So I'm thinking they should get Corey. But then I would like that. Davion Mitchell. But then I'm thinking the Pacers don't really have a strong two guard, but they have Karis Levert. Now it's just a matter of finding someone to back up Karis Levert. But mm, I was thinking of Keon Johnson. Uh, You know, the the Pacers got a lot of wins. They got TJ Warren, too. They got the Holiday Brothers. One of the Holiday Brothers is the point guard. But right. Justin, he's the he's the wing, mm. and uh, like I said, like you said, they got Karis LeVert. I think they they pretty sure they still got Doug McDermott, even though he may still be he may be a free agent this year. Uh, I feel like he uh, see. I'm not really favoring Doug McDermott. I, I think Corey could do what Doug McDermott does and better. Oh, for I'm, sure, I like that. Honestly, so I'm gonna stick with. I want to stick with Corey. I'm gonna stick with Corey. I'm, I'm gonna go mad. with. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that. You know, I actually had Corey Kispert going uh going to the Pelicans when he had the tenth pick. So ah. they uh it, it, things got jumbled up right there. It, it, they it, traded it, that pick. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> said, yep. It, it's 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 crazy though. I actually had like that was one of my target teams, I feel like, for Corey Kispert. Because I, I I told you one of the uh Previous episodes, that was one of my favorite players to watch this season, and I definitely right. see him fitting in with uh with with Indiana. But right here, bro, I actually got your boy Kai Jones going here to back up Miles Turner. He's going to be that rim runner for Rick Carlisle, kind of kind of reminiscent of uh, Tyler Chandler back in the day. He, I feel like in this, I feel like with Rick Carlisle, he he may allow Kai Jones to expand his offensive game a little more, maybe handle it in transition, try to take uh, slower bigs off the dribble, which he can do. I think they just got to be patient with him. And I think if they do uh, keep Miles Turner this offseason and they uh, and they have uh, Kyle James backing him up, I feel like he could learn a lot from Miles Turner because they, they, they both went to Texas. 
they both got that connection. They both have similar games in some in some ways. So I feel like he's going to really learn a lot from Miles Turner and be a good backup there for the time being until he could he possibly work himself a starting role beside him. Maybe Miles Turner leaves. You never know. But I, I'm really high on uh on on Kai Jones's potential, especially if he lands here. No, that's definitely fair. Uh, I'm not gonna knock it. I'm not gonna knock it. Uh, okay, that's the 13th pick. We go to the last pick of the lottery. The Golden State Warriors again. Honestly, I don't know who they're gonna draft. I'm, you know, I, I was thinking of maybe Isaiah Jackson, but I don't think he fits with the Warriors. That doesn't make any sense either. I think him and James Wiseman will overlap each other. Cross that out. And I felt like Isaiah Jackson is a lottery pick too. I just felt like if I had to relook at what team I would want Isaiah Jackson in. Yo, you cut out, bro. Oh man, this man Colin cut out again. Uh I'm gonna go ahead and, and give y'all my 14th pick though. I'm gonna give who Colin gave last pick, and it's gonna be Corey Kispert for me. Our all-star player. Bro, Colin, you cut out again, bro. You cut out. Oh, I said, I said they're, they're looking. I don't know what they're gonna do with the 14th pick in the draft. I don't know what the Warriors are gonna do with their pick in the draft. Got you. Well, I, I just told him I think it's gonna be uh Corey Kispert. I ha- I have a hard time between Henry Davion Mitchell going right there. I know there's even some consideration for Davion Mitchell at number seven with them, but reportedly they were like split on it. Like their front office was was uh, okay. Was Davion so- Mitchell. I feel like Davion Mitchell would be because that would be the backup guard for Steph Curry. Say he gets hurt, et cetera, like that. So, yeah, and I, I wouldn't be mad at that. I feel like he'd be perfect for uh, for Golden State too. He he's got that same attitude and winning mentality that they love. I feel like the current defense go crazy for him. Yeah, I just feel like he's good for that culture. You, you know who he kind of reminds me of in a way. Tell me. He reminds me a little of Kemba Walker, but I feel like he's a better defender. Yes, much better I- defender. What Kemba are we talking? We talking about Charlotte Kemba or Celtics Kemba? I mean, I'm just, I'm not comparing them. Like, you got, I, I was, you got to know where I'm coming from when I'm making these comparisons. Just from what like I see like in their game, I'm not compa- comparing like their ability, like their overall ability. Got I'm just comparing like certain things like that's reminiscent in their games. No, and I understand where you're coming from. Just yeah. on that note, like, who do you see more as a reminiscent of Bob? That's all. But. Uh okay, I, I'm gonna go with Davion Mitchell with the 14 pick, and you know that that's what I'm rocking with. I feel like a backup point guard and a backup shooting guard, Keon Davion Mitchell got, got potential to be a nice uh coming off the bench together. That'd be pretty nice actually. Gotcha, so. gotcha. Yeah, I'm not mad at that. I'm I'm gonna give the slight edge to Kisper though for the simple fact that he's a shooter. He's six Boy, seven. Um, he, he's even like 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 physically, he's kind of reminiscent of Clay. I don't think he's going to be the, like the type of defender that Clay is, but when you talk about coming off the screen, transition threes, spotting up in the corner, I think I think he's going to be dangerous for them, especially if he's coming off the bench. No, you know what? I don't. I don't even know if the Warriors are going to keep the pick, man. That's what I'm so conflicted on making this decision with the Warriors. But as of now, July 26, those are our, our respective predictions for the Warriors. So that concludes the mock lottery draft for the upcoming draft this Thursday. Since we've done that, we're going to talk about our personal sleepers who we feel like are being overlooked, 
We feel like they're in the second round, consensus second round, but we believe they could crack in that first round. Maybe their private workouts, or we just feel like they have more to show that people are overlooking. So, Kyrie, who are some of the sleepers to you in this draft? Who you see when you look at some of these mock drafts? You um, some- I'm going I'm to throw a couple names out there. One that I really want to start off with is my guy Joe Wieskamp from Iowa. Mm. He, uh, yo, he turned a lot of heads at the combine when he put up that 42-inch vert. And then the second game out there, I think he dropped like 28 points or something like that. Mm-hmm. But throughout the entire season, like he's shown like he he was like the clear cut second option from Luca Garza uh, as, as when Luca Garza needed a break or when they they just needed somebody else to score. He was there. He's a sharp shooter. He's about six, seven. I think he's got like a six, ten, six, eleven wingspan. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't projected at all to uh, to get drafted this season. And I caught on to him early, and I'm going to tell you a funny story. Lodge, me, and, me and Lodge were watching one of his games the one night, and um, he was going off. And at this point, like I said, he wasn't, like, on really on any mock um, any mock boards, like any mock drafts. And Lodge asked me, like, yo, do you think he could get drafted? And, like, reluctantly, like, it took, it, it took all, like, everything in my power not to say it. But I was like, I don't think so. <laughs> Well, but seeing, but, but seeing like how he like he how he finished this season and what he's done like during the combine and what, like 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 in his workouts and stuff like that, bro, I definitely see him like going late first round, early second. I'm hoping with that early second round pick, the Knicks can pick him up. But I'll talk about that later. I, I feel like he's getting drafted, and he's like you said, he's definitely a sleeper. I mean, he definitely turned heads for me at, at, at the combine. So honestly. Yeah. I think he's a still at the second round pick. If you get him in the first round, you really kind of bank on him. Where did you put him in the first round if you was to draft him? I put him right. Oh, in the first round? Yeah. If you would, to, if you would just say if he does make it to that first round, where would you put him at? Yo, um, how much do you think as fans we're underestimating, undervaluing him? I think I, so. To be, this is all I'm gonna say. I see him as the second best shooter in the draft behind Corey Kispert. Mm. So there's a lot of upside in that. There's a lot of promise in that. And he, like I said, they're about the same size. So there's a lot of there's a lot of things he could do, like like the same as Corey Kispert. He's a little more athletic though, too. So I could definitely see a team like the Bucks. I, f- I think they have like the the uh, like the 29th or 28th pick, maybe 30th, something like that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I could definitely see a team like the Bucks. Uh, Oh my fault! They got thirty first. That's the that's yeah. The, the break the bus had the first pick of the second round. Got you. All right. So I'm a uh, maybe Utah. Ah. That last pick in the first round. Oh, you 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 got okay, okay, okay. Maybe Utah. I, I'd like to see him there. You know what? I think that would be a nice fit for him. I think that'd be a nice five, so you don't got to strictly play him at the two. You can play him at the three. Um, I, I like them. I, I could definitely see the Jazz scooping them up right there. Maybe even the Suns with the pick before them. And he would compliment us. Okay, I like that. Okay, what other what, what other sleepers you have in mind? Um, I'm gonna go. Th- I have a lot. Okay, um, let's. Okay, why don't. Okay, why don't we do three? We're just gonna pick three. So that yeah, was. One. I was actually. I was just gonna run on some names real quick, but we could do three. We could do three. All right. Three. Um. Uh, I don't want to. I'm gonna feel so bad for leaving some guys out. All right. So this is going. This is one of my other favorite players that I watched this past season. Um, Joella Yayi from Gonzaga. Ah, that was one of my sleepers. Okay, we're on the same thing. He is a problem. He's so versatile. He's a Swiss knife. 
Looks like, like one on each. Six five. I think he's got like a six ten wingspan. He's got some uh he's got some feeble overseas experience. He played for front for France. Mm. Um at, yo, bro, at Gonzaga, he literally did everything for them. He filled in every like role possible that you could think of whenever they needed it. Whenever it was Jalen Suggs time to uh, time to shine, he was the facilitator. He was the cutter. I think he was probably he was probably one of the best cutting guards I've seen in college ball all last season. Okay, that that defensively sure there was like, defensively guards like the one possibly two uh he could guard the one twos possibly some threes. Yeah, I just I, I just feel like his I, maybe because he's a little bit older and he's not much of a scorer. He's 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 looked over a little bit, but I'm like it just his all around playability, and I, and I really do like his approach and and, and laser, like laser focus approach to the game. And he, like I said, he he's gonna he's gonna fill in any role that you need him to on both sides of the floor. So I feel like a nice little plug in guy like that for maybe like the Bulls that need, that really need a point guard. Um, maybe the Thunder somewhere in the second round that can use a point guard if they don't go point guard in the first. You never know. I, I, re- I really see him being a big piece for for some squads like that. And that's you know what? Okay. Joel, I that was one of my picks too. That's your second one. Who's your third? Ah, uh, my third. I'm gonna have to go with my boy Bones Highland from VCU. He's nasty. So uh, he, he led VC, uh he led the uh AAC in scoring last year. I think I think he was the AAC player of the year. He put up like 18 points a game. Shot like he shot a, a high clip from the three, I think like 35, around 35, 40 percent from three. And he's just got a bag of handles and he's able to score at will. He might, he really, he really reminds me of like Emmanuel Quickly or even Tyrese Maxey. He might be like the Emmanuel Quickly or Tyrese Maxey in this draft because he's not projected like super low, maybe like right outside the lottery mid first. But I feel like his scoring ability, just his ability like to get to a bucket and to, and, and, and the, even find guys while he while he's trying to get his own shots, I, I think that's going to be invaluable for uh, for some teams like late in the first round or like mid first round. All right, so name your three so everyone you know can make sure the sleepers they can look at it and see where they go to in the draft. Name your sleepers in order. So I got uh, Joe Wieskamp from Iowa. Uh huh. I got Nate, uh, Bones Highland, Nashawn Bones Highland from VCU. Aggressive scorer. And then I had uh, Joella Yai from Gonzaga, the Swiss Army Knight. Kyrie's three sleepers in this episode, ladies and gentlemen. So now, for me. Hear yours, bro. Let me hear yours. I love the sleepers. Sharif Cooper, man. He's not getting the looks and respect he's getting in his draft. Okay. And I I don't like that at all. Bro, you you know what it is? You know what it is? You know what it is? Wait, hold on, wait, hold on. I don't want to cut you off, but listen. There was a report that he was 6'4". That's, that's what I was. That's exactly what I was about to say. Oof! I said Sharif with six four. He's the number one pick in the draft. Forget Kate. I'm taking Reef. That's a six four Chris Paul. We're talking about. Don't Bro, listen. As soon as they said that, they had him going like right outside the lottery, and then they switched it up again. Like a lot of guys switched it up again. Six four Reef. I wish he was six four. Ugh, but he's he's not getting the respect he's getting. I don't, I don't like that because he's better than a lot of point guards in this draft. I think he's a first round. What? Where would you rank him in the point guards? This this draft is point guard deep, and I'm glad right. you, I'm glad you you made that statement. Where would you rank him in like the point guards? In, so you got Cade, Suggs. I'm trying to debate. So okay, I'm gonna put he's 
he's the fourth best point guard after Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy's more of a point forward. So I'm debating should if you if you want to be technical, all right, then you can put Sharif Cooper in number three then. But Josh Giddy number three, Sharif Cooper at number four. Okay, okay. I'm not mad at that. He yo, he, he sold me last season when he came back when he came back and played. I always said that Sharif had came to Kentucky. We have a different season, in my opinion. Oh man. Oh yeah, y'all need anything y'all can get. <laughs> if, he, <laughs> if he was our point guard, I'm telling people we'd have a different season. I genuinely believe that. So that's 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 my first sleeper. Where you see him dropping to? What what, what squads you see picking him up? I, I heard my Knicks say a lot a lot of good things about him. What you think? The Knicks say a lot of good things about him. Denver could use a backup point guard. I like that. I like that. I mean, Houston basically would give him all the opportunities in the world, you know, playing behind Kevin Porter Jr. That gave him a lot of opportunities. You know, those are just some of the things I can think of right now. But I feel like Sharif Cooper is a first-round talent. Now, he could be in the late mm, 23 to 30, and that's fine for him. And that's fine. As long as he's in the first round. I like that. I like that for him. Like, from the IQ. Like, he, his weakness is honestly at this point, he's not – his shooting wasn't as great as people thought it would have been. Obviously, his free throw was – that will obviously improve. He's a hard worker. You never heard about his work ethic ever being questioned. That yeah, hard work. And, and despite his size, he showed a willingness to play some defense too, and I like that about oh. him. And he's actually pretty strong for his size. He's just – if Reef was 6'4", I'm taking him over Cade. <laughs> I'm taking him over Cade. I really am. That's how, that's how much I'm crazy about Shreve Cooper. Now, I, I, I'm not going to get on rebuttal for, to that, bro. You got it. Whew, I know people going to kill me for this one. <laughs> they going to kill me. They going to kill me for that one. But listen, number two, I'm going to go with the K- Kentucky guy, BJ Boston. Now – you know, Kyrie, that may uh, that may come as a surprise because I I I I've really trashed this guy's skills a lot during the season, but a lot of it was because COVID. The guys didn't really get enough time to bond. Like, look at what the teams are able to do. They're able to have camps pre. Like they had like it wasn't like that last year, and that really played a big part for the. And these was all new guys too. They weren't. So that really played a lot. And then you heard sure. some reports about Brandon Boston stock. He's real impressive in some of the private workouts. Cause those are really the money makers. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Those, those are what really boost. I remember Josh Hart and and you know, he talked about it. He's like, Yeah, his stock, you know, because of the workouts. So it's like because of Davion Mitchell. Davion Mitchell's stock went up to 13 because he I think he outplayed Josh Hart in one of the workouts. So it was just like so when you hear some reports about Brandon Boston, he's really – I feel like the athlete – remember, this guy was a – he was a top five pick before the season started. People right. had him in his top three and top five. The talent and skill and athleticism is there. It's just he doesn't have any muscle. He just mm-hmm. had – like, and that's something that's obviously when he grows, he gets older, he grows into his body, right? But that was what really held him back because he couldn't finish through contact. Like he would literally get pushed midair. It was ridiculous. It was like man, and all but, that, and for in the simple fact that it, that he's not like super explosive. So he's not. He's not gonna one. He's not gonna blow by anybody. You've seen him struggle with that all season long, bro. He's not gonna blow by anybody, 
And at the same, and if he does, he's not going to finish through the contact. If there's contact. And that's why he settled for such hard contested. Like so many exactly. times I've watched him take a shot. I was like, oh, that was just come on, boss. Those, those those little floaters where he, he he comes to like a quick stop and he has to put it up real quick. Oh man. Or like the bad mid-range jumpers. Like, yeah, like I, I seen a whole bunch of that last season. He it's he just, hasn't sold me yet. I I want to see him do good, but he he hasn't sold me yet. His shot selection was honestly bad. And 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 a lot of it was because his lack of strength. So that's something that can be approved upon. So it's not something that could like, well, you know, it's just no way he could change that. No, he can't. It's just a matter of, you know, the body. So I'm I'm going to ask you this real quick before I ask you, like, what teams you you could possibly see him making an impact on. So me personally, like, when I seen him coming up, like, he always reminded me of Brandon Ingram, like a shorter Brandon Ingram. He's got the long arms. He's slim. He's got, like, the smooth game, like, offensive game. Remind me a lot of, a lot of them. And Brandon Ingram still to this day, he, he probably weighs like what, like a buck ninety, right? He still, still got that thin frame, but it doesn't like he's never let it affect him. Like that's what you, why I got hope. That's why I have hope for him. But, but I, bro, listen, listen, listen. Though that Brandon Ingram didn't really have that problem in college. He did, he did at some points, but I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't see that problem in Brandon Ingram from, in, in in college. So what what do you think like is the like is the difference? Do you think like that height differential really makes like really Brandon, Boston is, Brandon Boston is six 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 seven. Ingram is at least six nine six ten. Depending on if you look at the measurement, depending on the sites. Got you. I just feel like because like I said, Brandon Boston he's not a horrible defender. He's not. He's shown willingness to play defense, and that's a great sign especially when you had such a bad season offensively, you got to be able to do something defensively. You can't just be all offense. Your offense isn't even exceptional. Then your defense is just atrocious because then it's like you'll never see time on the floor. Right. So, and that's a good thing is defense isn't atrocious. So that gives him a fighting chance. Do I think he's first round? If we, if I really had to push it, I'd say between 26 to 30. If we had to that's a respect see, that's a respectable range for him. Because I don't I don't see him going second round, to be honest with you. I don't I don't really see him going like second round. Like you said, there is a lot of potential there. But I, I think that's a respectable range for him. All right. Okay. So BJ Boston to me, and I, I did trash him a lot on his encore play, but I feel like the like like I said, the reports that he, he's been killing in the workouts. He's really impressing some teams. So it's like, hey, maybe he rises up during the draft. Well, I mean, you know, we'll see Thursday. We'll see Thursday. And number three, I was debating between Jeremiah Robinson and Greg Brown because Greg Brown's stock is really falling. Is really I'm, falling. I'm glad you brought up Greg Brown. He, he didn't have that type of season, you know, that we expected them to have. He really – you know, you know what it is with Greg Brown, bro, and I and a part of me really feels like he could become a draft steal too, just because his ceiling is so high and what he could do right. on the court athletically, it, it's it's crazy. But the thing is, his 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 IQ and his feel for the game isn't caught up with his with his athleticism. Absolutely. Sure, he 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 could knock down some jumpers, but he's not going to really take anybody off the dribble like consistently without getting stripped, without making a bad pass, without putting up, like, forcing up a bad shot. 
it's just not going to happen. So offensively, he's kind of limited to like them backdoor cuts, them lobs, them putbacks that we've seen. He put he put a whole bunch of people on posters last year. So we we know that athleticism and talent is there, but it's just that feel like in that in that in that IQ like while he's on the like while he's on the floor. <sighs> you made some great points. That's why Greg Brown, in my opinion, and I felt like when you draft Greg Brown. Who the team drafts him is so crucial to whether he becomes that second round pick that blossoms and he becomes something bigger than what he was selected at. It's so important to which team that drafts him. Right, right. And I, I definitely still, I still, I, I personally felt like he needed one more year, but he, he definitely does have that potential depending on like who he falls to. That's the main, that's the key. That's really honestly the key. People don't seem to understand. Like it's, who these these guys really you know get selected by? So right. those, are, those are my three sleepers. Those are my. So, do, what do you think about Greg Brown with the uh, with the Nuggets? Do you think that's a team that could possibly see him like being like a, being a valuable piece there, a valuable project there? Paul Millsap is thirty six years old, thirty five. Something He's, like that. Jermichael Green's yeah. getting up there too. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be a great spot for Greg Brown to go to. Honestly. The Nuggets. Likewise, likewise, that's where I, that's where I had him going. Like from the conclusion of the season, I like I, I feel like if he needs to, if he wants to thrive, if he wants to have like a like a good role, like a good clear cut role for him to thrive in, I think Denver's the spot. All right, so now we move on to the next and final topic of this draft episode. We're gonna we're gonna pick. So our teams, respectively, my favorite team is the Philadelphia 76ers. My fellow co-host right here, Kyrie Hill, his favorite team is the New York Knicks. We're going to basically mm, – how do I say this, Kyrie? We, we're going to basically choose who we want our teams to select in this upcoming draft. So let me look at the Sixers. The Sixers have the 20 – the Sixers have – let me see. What pick I think y'all have 28. It looks like number 50. Right. So fifty, and we can't disregard these these late second round picks. There's gems found there too. Sometimes you never know. No, absolutely. As oh man, I mean, like they got Jokic. Jokic won MVP. I mean, like what yep. more is there to say at that point? You know. So yep. it's like you, you can't overlook that. So with that being said, with the Sixers in the first round, when they had the twenty eighth pick in the draft, now who should they draft? As a backup point guard, they have Jared. So some people think Jared Butler would be a nice fit there. Some people say Jaden Springer. Some people choose Trey Man. If you're gonna choose all guards, point guards, and shooting guards, why not pick? Why don't the Sixers choose Sharif Cooper? I would like Sharif Cooper in Philly. Why not Sharif being a backup for Benz? But then the problem with Sharif is he's not a shooter. That's the problem. But he's willing to shoot, unlike Benz. And and no. he has the and he has the playmaking ability too to get all y'all other shooters involved like at, he, at a high volume. He loves dishing the rock. He loves dishing the rock. So I have he's not a selfish player by no. He's the type of point guard you you want as a point guard. I wanted him so bad at Kentucky. I genuinely wanted him so bad at Kentucky. I pray that he come to Kentucky. So I think the Sixers should take take a chance with Sharif Cooper with the twenty eighth pick in the draft. I, think I like that. that. I like that. What you think about your uh, what your number fifty pick? Who do you who do you see become possibly become a dominant in the rough down there for y'all? Now my fifty pick. 
It could so um, mm, Dayron Sharp or Isaiah Livers. I'm trying to decide between the two. I like Dayron Sharp. I'm, a lot of a lot of people aren't really sold on Dayron Sharp, but I, I like his physicality and his, his rebounding ability. Absolutely, he, he he slept on in my opinion. The physical, his physical is what is like. Okay, I know he won't get bullied around if we get him as a backup for it. And I feel like Mike Scott. You know, I mean, yeah, he's serviceable to a certain extent, but you know, it's just not enough. You know, it's, it's not it's not enough for Mike Scott. So I think Dayron Sharp, maybe not as a rookie, but maybe he'll finish third, fourth year. He's able to become someone serviceable, a nice rotational player, especially the second round pick. And obviously the Sixers' development too can help him. So I feel like Dayron Sharp, in my opinion, is a nice pick for the Sixers at the 50th spot. Yeah, if he say if he falls down there, I would take him. Absolutely. 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 So don't. Man, he cut out one more time, but we're, we're going to get ready to wrap this up. Uh, I'm going to let y'all know who I want the Knicks to select with the number 19 pick and the number 21 pick. At 19, I got to go uh, Io DeSumo from Illinois um, simply because we're losing Alfred Payton this season. Wait, Kyrie, I need you, I need you to repeat some technical difficulties. I know, bro. I know. I got you. Um, I told him who I wanted to pick with the 19th pick. I'm a, I, I want to go Io right there. Io oh, DeSumo. Man. Bro, we might be losing Alfred Payton, or I hope we lose Alfred Payton. I also hope we get rid of Frank Tilakina. That's another story. I could go. Home, I could do a whole episode about that. You really um, want him gone? Wow! And it's I know it's, I know we have a possibility to lose Derrick Rose this season too. Yeah, so, the Bulls are talking. The Bulls, they got some talks. The Bulls are looking to sign them and stuff like this. You know, rumors. I'm not gonna lie. I'd be pissed if we lost Derrick Rose back to the, back to the Bulls. I would want to. Rose, because he huh? would bring. I would want y'all to keep Derrick Rose just to get some guidance to the young sure brother. to the young guards to to, yeah. to the quickly's to the uh, Io yes. Sumo, you know. Yeah. So I would keep D Rose, and even if we do go out and get another like prominent guard in free agency, another prominent point guard, like say they talking about Chris Paul, Mike Conley. I'm not expecting anything big, but uh, I'm just just throwing it out there. Um, I still feel like the Sumo is going to get a lot of burn. Um. Coming off like coming off the bench as the as a one two like balancing out uh, manual quickly because he's not much of a shooter. He's shown some willingness to and he's shown some uh, ability to get hot from outside. But I feel like he's best when he gets downhill and he's and um he's able to operate as a cutter. Also, I feel like that's going to be like his his bread and butter. Um, if he comes to play with us, also I think he's he's definitely going to be a Tom Thibodeau guy. Um, with his defensive ability and his ability to uh, to, to play the passing lanes and, and to get up into to guards of all sizes, you know. So I really feel like he's a Thibodeau guy. I like him at 19. I hope we pick him right there. Okay. That's, I, I, I love Ayo. I Ayo too. Honestly, if he felt uh, – nah, that's tough. Between Reef and Ayo, I don't know. Ayo got the height, and he's really he's, – you know, uh, I love Ayo too. Okay, let's go to your next pick before I start having to backtrack myself. Uh, number 21. This is going to be a hard pick right here. I would hope we could trade up higher for it, possibly. I don't know. Yeah. A lot of people, I'm, I'm gonna name two names, even though I had him go a lottery. A lot of people seem to have him going like mid to late first. Alperin Sangoon, I would either go with him or JT Thor, another guy I think could be a possible draft steal. They have a lot, they had JT Thor slotted at the second round, which I think he could obviously climb up. Yeah. I, th- 
I feel like a lot of mock a lot of mock draft makers they're wishy washy. A few weeks ago, he was he was like in the seventeen to like twenty three range, twenty four range. Mm. So I still see that potential in him. He didn't have a great season at Auburn, but when Sharif Cooper came back, he he, he had it clicking. That's and, that's the impact of Sharif Cooper. Thank you for mentioning my good brother. For sure, um, because because it, it was noticeable. He played a lot better when he came in. Absolutely. Um, yo, his he's a lefty. His jumper, I'm sold on it. He he showed a good outside ability. He's about six nine, six ten. He's got a seven three wingspan. So I think he's gonna be able to. If we do keep Obi, I know he's been in like a lot of trade talks, like in the blogs and stuff. But I feel like we're gonna keep him. I think he balances out well with him. And I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind like having him as a project because he still is a project at this point. But I I wouldn't mind working with that. I feel like That's he has a lot of upside and a lot of versatile ability. And that's fair. That's fair. I respect. I, I I like it. I like it. So what's the next one? Thirty two. I gotta go. My boy Weez Camp. If he if he drops for us. Ah, I, I gotta I go. Had feeling, I had a feeling he was gonna. I had a feeling he was gonna get it. I had a feeling. Bro, they got I, this one mock draft. I look at a lot. They got him going thirty six to the Thunder. If he if he's there, we take. I gotta take him. Mm, if, I'm, if I'm the Knicks, I gotta take him. We need. You can never have enough shooters in this in, in today's NBA. So, so basically, he plays the three. So you guys got Kevin Knox, and you have Terrence Ferguson at the three, I believe. Terrence Ferguson, I, I didn't know we had Terrence Ferguson. Kevin Knox can go though. Him and him and Tillakina, to whoever wants him, they can go. <laughs> you don't care. Joe Joe Wieskamp is there to replace uh, replace Knox, and I would assume was there to replace uh, Frank Tillakina. That's how. That's how. In a perfect world, that's how it will work out for me. Oh, I said Terrence. Excuse me. He, uh, why do I keep thinking he was on the Knicks? I'm not Terrence, bro. So you guys just have Kevin Knox on that squad as your as your three. So yeah, he has, he's been a disappointment. So I don't gotta, you know, I don't gotta tell you that. You know, bro, I have, I have no attachment whatsoever to him and in, in, in Tilakina. They can he, go. Yeah, <laughs> they can go. I'm, I'm the season we had. I'm not like putting us on a two-hour pedal stool, but I, I'm trying to capitalize off that. You ah, trying to keep the foot on the gas, no brakes. I like it. Yes, okay, sir. then. All mm-hmm. right, so you guys got a last pick in the like the, all the way in the fifties, I think. Fifty-eight, yeah, yo. As a fan, I would love to pick Luca Garza there. I hope he gets drafted. Um, Why another I- guy, another guy I'd like this to pick up though is uh would be John Petty if we're gonna keep that. Ah, I was waiting for you to say that. John Petty, my boy. John was- Petty, my boy. I feel like if you guys snag them there, I feel like that would be great. Oh, and he don't even gotta get a lot of burn right now. Like we could, he could let we could let him like get his feel for the game in the G League mm-hmm. a little bit. Let yes. him let him get uh, let him get his shot a little bit more consistent. Let him get his handles better. He I feel like he's already gonna be a pretty good defender. I, I, he, he's gonna be good death for us later down the line. I like it. All right. Okay, and that concludes. Episode 46 of the Restricted Zone podcast. Very long episode, but we put a lot of energy, put a lot of research, dedication, and to making this the best possible episode we can. We love the NBA draft. Uh, we love college. So, and we can't wait for the draft on Thursday. Thanks a lot for everyone tuning in, uh, following us on Instagram, tuning in to us on Apple, whether it be Spotify and et cetera. Follow us on all streaming platforms. Follow us on the on Instagram at Restricted Zone Pod. Give a big shout out to my fellow co-host Kyrie Hill. Appreciate you for coming on, brother. 
Appreciate you too, Colin. This was a good episode, Brody. Absolutely. And thanks a lot for everyone once again for listening to us and giving us a chance. We appreciate you. We're going to stay consistent and try to keep working forward towards this. Thanks a lot, everyone. Have a great day.